You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more, so they can guide their readers into spiritual freedom while guiding their own families into financial freedom. I'm Mika Maples, and this is episode 107. Pull up a chair for Jesus. Today, I can't wait for you to meet one of my coaching clients, Rachel Gilbert. Rachel is the host of Real Talk with Rachel, a podcast that encourages women around the world. And she's the author of a new book soon to be released. Right now, the title is still under wraps. She helps Christian women overcome fear and insecurities so that they can confidently pursue their God-given dreams. Rachel says, after I was married at the young age of 21, God got a hold of my heart in a very personal and real way, and I haven't been the same since. He took the pain that I encountered from my failures as a teenager and used them to shape me into the confident woman I am today. I can tell you with an assurance that God has fully pulled me out of my shell, and I'm now fearlessly chasing my dreams. The Lord has shown me that I wasn't created to be shy, timid, or fearful, but instead to shine for Him by confidently pursuing the dreams that He has placed on my heart. Friend, I invite you to join in on my conversation with the lovely Rachel Gilbert. Welcome, Rachel. I am delighted that you're here today. Um, You just have a way about you that I know my listeners are going to enjoy because God has given you such wisdom. Um, I hear it every time we talk. And so welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Okay. So um, you've been working on a book that is now um, in the publication stage. So I'm definitely interested in letting my listeners have a window into this part of your process. So let's begin. If you were to give a summary in a sentence, what is your book about? Body image restored. I mean, that's just at the end of the day, going through different, well, this is more than a sentence. You asked me for a sentence, body (laughs) image restored, done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not being a real stingy English teacher about it. You can give a couple of sentences. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just, I feel like as a counselor and as somebody who's walked through body image battles, uh, there's many layers that go into restoring body image. So that is my heart behind the book is to kind of unpack some of those layers and the things that shape us and redefine some of those things. Okay. So you're coming at this with the heart and mind of a counselor, but also the heart and mind of a fitness teacher. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. I mean, if you had told me I would be either of these, I don't know that I would have ever seen myself being a fitness teacher. I I did kind of see myself being a counselor, but uh, growing up, I was always a little overweight and um, not great in gym class, you know, just didn't love PE. (laughs) And, but then as I got older, I found a love for fitness and um, in teaching group fitness, had an opportunity 
to honestly almost do a little bit of counseling, even though it wasn't an official counselor, that it's interesting how when people move their bodies, their hearts kind of open up to start talking about things. And I just got to be on the inside of not only my own wrestling and struggling in this area on the side of, you know, teaching fitness and things, but also getting to hear so many people's stories and particularly women's stories, because that's mainly what I worked with just stories from all over the place. And that's, what's always interesting to me, whether it's teaching fitness or counseling somebody, I just have noticed there's really not any two stories that are the exact same, which is great because we all come from different experiences, but The thing that is the same is just that feeling of being stuck and wanting freedom in an area that you thought really was never possible. Mm. So is your counseling practice specifically focused on um, body image? No, it's not specifically. I do, you know, definitely have that attraction and do get those types of referrals. I did my graduate internship at a uh, eating disorder center. And then of course, you know, we, we dealt with a lot of body image stuff there. Uh, but in my counseling practice is it's interesting though. A lot of times I've noticed I primarily counsel women and, and they'll come in for different things like anxiety or depression or just feeling off, you know, is a big phrase. I hear a lot of women say, I don't know. I just, something doesn't feel right. And uh, as we start to unpack things, oftentimes body image pops up in there somewhere that they didn't really know they were coming in for, but then they're going, Oh yeah, that is playing a role in some of the stuff I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. When did you start thinking about writing a book? Because you already have um, a popular podcast, you have speaking engagements. When did a book became become something on your radar? I did not always recognize that I liked to write. In fact, it was in Wild Women in Leadership Development at my church that an author came and spoke. And she had said, if you want to be a leader, you need to be able to write because you might be called upon to write an article or do something. And uh, the thing way she recommended working on your writing was through a blog. And so I started a blog just for fun. And I just learned, I actually enjoy writing. You know, why have I not given myself this outlet before? And as I did that, I noticed people did enjoy my writing as well. And so not only did I enjoy writing and people were enjoying reading it, then when the speaking began, almost always after I speak, people go, so where can we learn more? <laughs> Where's this book? I, I could tell you wanted to go a little deeper into what you're talking about and you couldn't in the 30 minutes you were given. And I just had so many people saying we would like to read more. And of course we don't do things just because man wants us to, but then the Lord really just put that dream in my heart, you know, just kind of confirmed it of, yeah, you've got, you have something more in there that you, uh, he wanted to pull out. And that's really where I got started to on the journey of wanting to write my first book. Mm. So, yeah, I, I notice all the time, and really it was my own impetus that I was speaking and then people would come up and say, where could I learn more? Where can I, they want to be able to share your message with a friend or a family member. And when you have a book available, then they can leave with, you know, an easy way to pass along what they learned in one of your speaking engagements. And I'm glad that you saw the same opportunity that people were asking, you know, they wanted another connection point with you in the book. A book these days is almost expected. People, they expect that they will be able to go deeper with the speaker through their book. Did you already know 
the concept of this first book that you wanted it to be about body image restored? No, I knew at some point I would write a book about body image. I didn't always know it'd be the first book I would write, um, probably just because it is a bit of a sensitive topic. And it is, you know, one that I feel like I've had to really prayerfully consider what to say in a book and what needs to be said on a different type of platform, you know, because they can hear your voice versus reading your words. And um, so I knew I would write body image at some point, but the Lord is the one who orchestrated it for me, for it to be on body image. And even though it was really uncomfortable to write it on such a tough topic, not just a tough topic, because it's a tough topic for the way you present it, but also just because it's been one of my own personal biggest battles. And so, you know, when you write on something that is something that you've had to walk through, you really um, have to go toe to toe with some of the, your thinking and your, maybe some other areas that the Lord wants to deal with. And so I had to do that. All that to say, it was uncomfortable, but I'm really so grateful that the Lord let this be my first book because it, was such a trust thing with him every step of the way to go. Okay, Lord, I'm really uncomfortable right now. I mean, Nika, you know, this, like you, I don't know how many times you had to say, tell me, remind me that discomfort is the price of admission to taking new territory. And I felt pretty much uncomfortable the entire way through, but in that discomfort is where I really learned to just go, okay, God, what do you want to do? <laughs> Help me, give me the word, show me how to do this. And I just had to release control in, in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite moments um, as, as I was working with you and coaching you is I remember telling you, Jesus is going to be there with you. He's your, the Holy spirit is your willing partner. And uh, I think the next day I saw on social media that you took a picture of pulling a chair up beside your chair at your desk. It just brings tears to my eyes because sometimes we need that visual, tangible reminder that he really isn't expecting us to do this by ourselves. Can you tell me more about what it was like to have the Holy Spirit working with you on this project? Yeah, I feel like when that discomfort would come. And sometimes that discomfort came in the form of anxiety or fear, which I know are not from God. You know, the Bible's clear that those things aren't from him yet. We still can battle with them. And so when they would come, I almost feel like I still, even to this day, I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of that chair. Uh, Even now (laughs) my office, I'm like, I'm always bringing in a chair for Jesus because I am a very visual person. And whenever I start to find myself in a panic mode or trying to do something in my own strength or trying, you know, writer's block as they call it, or feeling stumped in some way. And I just look over and I see that chair and I'm like, oh yeah, Jesus, what would you like to say in this situation? (laughs) You know, like, and I mean, I'm thankfully I'm there alone most of the time. So people aren't thinking I'm completely nuts when I'm starting to say, you know, talking to an empty chair, but Uh, It has been so comforting because the struggle is still there. The temptation is still there to want to rely on my own strength, but I can tell when I start to feel that way, when I'm doing it and just to be able to just release all that and cast my cares on him as he tells us to do, and then ask for his insight and his ideas and his revelation. I know that my finished project would not be what it was if I had not stopped and done that multiple times with him. Mm -hmm. Well, I know most of the women um, listening will say a common concern is that they don't have enough time to write a book. And I remember as we were 
working together, you were very disciplined about your time. You had specific times available for writing because you also wanted to preserve your time with your kids and your husband. You wanted to keep family first and you didn't go off hiding away somewhere where they couldn't be connected with you. Can you tell us about how you managed your time during the season of intense writing? Yes, I think I had to learn how to manage my time. And I do think it's a little bit individual of how each person functions because I've heard some authors tell me, oh, I'll pop in and I'll write for 15 minutes. And then like that kind of stuff doesn't work for me because I like to be super focused on whatever the task is at hand versus multitasking. And so if you're a listener and you're going, well, I can multitask, great, go for it. You know, like if that works in your day and you and you can mentally jump from one thing to the next. And that's awesome. Uh, So for me, time-wise, I did have to, like, just like you said, I viewed my writing time as a serious business meeting that I could not break, you know, like, so somebody texted me, wanted to know if we could meet for lunch at a certain time. And it was when I had it blocked off for writing. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not free at that time. Because I feel like sometimes with writing is especially when it's just us, it's easy to maybe want to break that appointment with ourselves Cause you're like, well, technically I'm just rearranging my own schedule, but then where are you going to get that extra time from if you have to rearrange it? So I had to be very strict with my schedule, but then a big one for me was also just my energy. Um, really recognizing, making sure I was, um, coming into that writing time with sufficient levels of energy that I hadn't like back to back done something that I knew, oh, when I finally have time to write, I'm just so depleted that even if I had time available, I didn't have energy available to me to actually execute it very well. Mm. So did you write kind of from page one to the last page? Or sometimes I coach people to kind of go move in and out of their manuscript, write on chapter three one day, chapter 15 the next. What was your path? Yeah, you are the one who taught me freedom in this area because writing my first book, I didn't know. No one had ever given me permission, not that I needed permission, but uh, that, you know, you don't start on page one and finish it the very last page. And whenever I learned that from you first getting an awesome outline, that was game changer, you know, uh, to know, to have like a solid outline. And then when you said that, that Hey, yeah, if you, when you sit down for writing time, if the Holy Spirit tells you, you need to write on chapter seven's topic today saying, okay, we're writing chapter seven. And because of that strong outline, I could do that. And it made sense without the strong outline. I couldn't do that because, you know, I don't know what chapter six was going to be about at that point. But when I wrote chapter seven, I knew the topic, even if I hadn't written chapter six, I knew it. That was extremely liberating. And that was another fun thing to do with the Holy Spirit, how we were just talking earlier about, you know, pulling up the chair for Jesus and being able to say, okay, okay, Lord, what are we working on today? What's the topic that you want to speak into today? That made it very fun and almost exciting to see what is it? What are we doing this week? You know, kind of like, oh, this will be fun. And it kept the excitement piece alive there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know anyone else who really, um, any other writing teacher or coach who who grants that permission or or even suggests it. And I've just found it gives people so much freedom um, to have such a strong outline that then it's very liberating to say, I can move in and out of this as I feel led. And um, then every chapter is strong in its own right. And we've all read books where 
it was strong at the beginning and then it kind of got weaker until it just suddenly ended. And I think that's because writers started and then tried to just go straight through one after the other till they finished and they lost that energy that you were talking about. Um, and to come each day with like new enthusiasm for the specific chapter you're writing on makes a big difference. So tell me where, what stage is your book in right now? What's you've turned in your manuscript, what's happening with it? It is currently in the, I guess, third round of edits. I actually just got another round of edits back from my developmental editor this week. Her and I have gone back and forth a couple of times. Um, and so once her and I finish this developmental edits, then it'll go to the publishing house and it'll go through grammar edits and all that the- theology edits and things like that. And it's also being titled right now, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely something that most new writers don't realize is a possibility that their title and subtitle can change. If they if they opt for traditional publishing, that the publishing house has a heavy say in, in that part of it. So what's that been like for you to have them weighing in on specific things like your title and subtitle? Yeah, it's a weird feeling. It's interesting because on one hand, I I love it because of course they have way more experience than me in titling books. And I mean, this is my first book. So I'm like, yes, tell me, tell me what you think would be the greatest. But it's also weird because I'm the one who's been the closest to the content uh, in writing the book. And so to kind of turn it over and say, okay, here's the content. Now you get to, you know, put the title on it. It was a weird feeling. But again, I've had to just go back to trusting the Lord and going, okay, God, you brought me to this point. I trust you that you've given me the team that will, you know, make this book um, come to completion with excellence because of course he, you know, he finishes everything he starts. And so that's, it's been another trust walk for sure. Mm -hmm. So, and not only has the title and subtitle been up for changing, but the book itself, when you first pitched a book forward to a literary agent and that literary agent pitched it to a public house, it was completely different. Mm-hmm. Right? Will yeah. you tell, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it was on the same topic, but whenever I sat down to actually flesh it out, I just felt a shift in the direction that it was supposed to go. And the Lord just gave me just a completely different picture for the book, like completely different. And thankfully I, you know, was able to send that to the publishing house I'm working with and say, okay, here's where we are. Here's the original that I pitched to you. And I feel like God gave me just a different direction to go. And then again, the, the, the fate if you, of the book, if you will, was in their hands, like they, mm-hmm. they could decide. And they actually liked the second thing that the Lord the direction that God brought up to me better. And so we went with it, but yeah, you don't hear that happening very often at all. <laughs> no, when a publishing house um, chooses a, a book, they are, they're really engaging with that book, but what a vote of confidence to hear that they were willing to make a significant shift on the book because they were actually engaging with you. They believed in you. They believed in your future as an author, they believed that there would be more of their relationship with you. And they were willing to let the concept shift significantly. This is so special that I want you to recognize, you know, what a vote of confidence it is from them about you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you you had a literary agent as someone needs to do that we don't submit necessarily our projects directly to a publishing house. Um, so we go through a literary agent first. Can you tell us a little bit about how you began working with your agent? Yeah, I actually met her at a conference that I was a part of and she was a speaker there and um, I was helping run the conference and it was another one of those just God moments, if you will, for lack of better words of just connection points of, you know, whenever the Lord started to stir in my heart that I was supposed to write a book, the thought of that just felt completely overwhelming and made me want to crawl under the table and stay there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause it just was like, Whoa, how do you even begin? That just seems like way too big for me. And the sweet thing about the Lord is when he puts those dreams in our hearts that are bigger than ourselves, he sends the people to bring them into to pass because mm-hmm. it is not a one person show. I, I don't care if you do traditional or self-publish, you, you need some form of a team. And even if, you know, just some kind of a group of people who are rallying you, who are, you know, just teaching you things along the way, who are speaking life into you, praying over you, whatever the thing is that you need, the Lord knows. And that's what he sent me with an agent. He knew I needed somebody who would say, you've got a book in you. Uh, Cause that's essentially how her and I started. It's kind of the same thing that you mentioned. It's really unheard of to happen with agents of, I didn't come to her with an idea. We kind of came into a relationship of her going, you've got a book in you. Let me help you figure out what it is. And that's really how her and I started. And um, we started from scratch and kind of coming up with different ideas. And like I said, I know I have more than one book in me. So it was kind of more like which book is first, you know? And I think that can keep some people held back because they might feel the same way I do. Of Well, I think I have multiple books. Where should I start? Well, just get started on, and that's what her and I did. And even you can do this, you know, with a coach or somebody, but just going, what are the ideas and see what unfolds. It's always interesting when we just take the first step of a little bit of obedience to just see what will unfold. God will just bring revelation and then he'll bring the people to help you bring it into, into pass. Right. When, when writers ask me, how, how is this going to happen? How I shy away from telling them exactly how I believe there are steps that you can take. So I, I I've provided a step-by-step plan for new writers, but the truth of the matter is it's different every time. I mean, when you say that you went to an agent without an idea and that the two of you connected, that was only because the Lord connected you. You know, she felt the same urge to work with you that you felt to work with her. And if you had just said, oh, no, this is how I heard that it's supposed to happen. You would have missed it. You would have missed what what God had for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you hear about me and why did you reach out to me? I first heard you speak at Pink Impact. And you were one of the best speakers I've ever heard, even still to date, because you're a good storyteller. Like you, you engage. I mean, you're, you're a good speaker for more than just being a good storyteller, but I could still to this day, tell you the story that you told at Pink Impact. That's rare that you can remember that about a speaker. You know, you might think, oh, they were a good speaker. What'd they speak on? I have no idea, you know, but I just remember the feeling that I liked them as a speaker. And then I heard you speak again at the Declare Conference. And so the Lord had just had you on my radar. I love when God does this. He'll put people on our radar and it's maybe not quite yet the time you're supposed to work together. But then when it is the time, he's like, 
and you start to go. So, so basically you were on my radar, Lord had you on my radar, if you will. And I just followed you in the online space and knew what you did. And, and then when I got to the point to write my book and I just knew I need help, <laughs> like I need somebody to come alongside me. Who's been there before, who can coach me along the way. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, who, you know, send somebody to me to help. And he just brought you to my memory of, oh yeah, you know, Nika, reach out to her, see what she's doing. And so of course the rest is history, but that's really, you know, Lord put you on my radar as someone I trusted as a good communicator and also just a good coach. And um, I knew you would be good in that way. And then he brought you to memory when the time is right. <laughs> mm. So what difference did it make to have the support of a coach? Oh man. Well, Nika got to see, I mean, you're welcome to tell stories on me. I don't care. I'm not a private person. I'm like, I gave that up a long time ago. You got to see the, the wrestling that I had to go through, you know? And I, I mean, I shudder to think of if I hadn't had that, you know, whenever I, even just in the beginning, I mean, you were there for the part when I had the two different directions, I could take the book and I kind of freaked out and, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And you, co you just coached me through all the really hard parts that if I had been walking through it alone, I think would have really shut me down in my writing because I would have been stuck in a really unhealthy mindset and a mental place. And it was always amazing to me on our coaching calls, how when we'd get off, it would change the trajectory of my writing time that week. Meaning like sometimes we'd work through, I, I think I admitted to you one time I was feeling dread about writing days. Like, oh, here comes a writing day, you know, and we had to work on the mindset of that. And you're like, well, hold on, you know, just really shifting how I was even going into that writing time that, like I mentioned, it's one thing to set aside three hours, but when you're going into it with not a great mindset about it or a defeated mindset, then you're not going to be, get very far. So I don't even want to think about what the process would have been like if I hadn't had you to get on, to coach me through it. It just helps so much to have um, someone to give you feedback along the way. Yeah. Um, and you did, of course, you're the one who did all the work, but when you had somebody that you could trust, that you could bounce your ideas and your feelings off of every week, you knew like this is going to be done because I have the support in place to keep me going. And one of, one of the things that I remember seeing on your face is one of our biggest breakthroughs in one of a, our coaching sessions was when I said you were, you were concerned about, you know, am I really communicating biblical, um, you know, theology here the best I can. And I'm doubting this and I feel unsure. And when I was able to re remind you that, Whatever you feel when you write it is what your reader will feel when you read it. I remember that was a big breakthrough for you. That was huge. That has stuck with me on so many things, writing, podcasting, all the things like that was a huge breakthrough for me. And really just, it made sense too. I don't, I don't know if you taught me this or where I learned this, but just that we have to wrestle on the back end through some things for our reader so they can reap the benefits on the front end. And that was something I had to wrestle through my insecurities, essentially, you know, and like my doubt and my fear of what I was bringing to the table. And when I did that, I felt like I was able to enter with more confidence in what I was writing. And hopefully that shines through with the reader too. Oh, for sure. As yeah. someone who has read the, the entire manuscript, I can say you shine. You shine in that manuscript. I know your readers are going to love, love it. 
I think for Christian writers, there's just that added sense of responsibility because we're talking about the Bible. So it's not just, am I qualified to write this book, but also, am I handling the word of God well? Am I sharing truth? I don't want to misguide anyone. I, I want to continue to pour into their faith. So um, that's what I I saw you having the deep concern of, of reverence and honor of God. Do you have anything more to say about that? Yeah. And I absolutely agree with what you said. It is such a balance between never. I mean, that to me, that's would be one of the worst things that I do as a speaker or writer is give some kind of false theology or, you know, some kind of false teaching that leads people in a different direction of where they needed to be going. That's, you know, I don't want to do. Um, one thing that I have done this last round of edits that I, a prayer, a specific prayer, I've just asked the Lord over the manuscript is I've just said, Lord, if there's anything that is not true in this manuscript, we please highlight it now so it can be removed now. If there's anything that needs to be added, please show me as well. And again, I mean, just going back to the Holy Spirit, like highlighting some of those things. And then that is the beauty of having other people read it. So again, if you don't traditionally publish, um, I am grateful for editors. I'm grateful for when it goes through a theology review, you know, to just challenge some of the things that have been challenged and being willing to go, okay, is this really true? Do some research, get some other insight. And um, that's helped me rest a little better um, and just trying to stay humble through the process and being willing to be corrected whenever people say, uh, I don't know about that. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Rachel, I have found that you are a champion for Christian women through your podcast, um, Real Talk. You are a champion for Christian women and, and helping them to overcome self-doubt and insecurities and just to step forward in faith. Uh, I I believe there are a lot of women listening to this podcast right now who have felt the urge of the Holy Spirit to write a book. Maybe people have told them, you need to write a book. What would you do to help them uh, take a step in faith? I would say if there is anything in you at all, and if you're listening to this podcast, there means there's something in you that the Holy Spirit's whispering saying, I want you to write a book. And I would just be obedient to take whatever the next step he says is for you, because just as Nika mentioned a minute ago, all of our journeys are different and your next step might not look like my next step and mm -hmm. all that, but there's got to be just some kind of small step of obedience. And I once had a, a mentor tell me, uh, he said, Rachel, success is obedience. And I think we can kind of get a little bit wrapped up in the, well, what's this going to look like? Will people even read it? We, we get going with the what ifs so strongly. And I like to say that our why has to be greater than our what ifs. And so we could go on and on about what ifs, what could go wrong for days. But if your why is big enough, if the Lord told you to do something and you're just moving forward in obedience, then he's just going to bless that obedience. And then also just get excited about the journey. Like, I know we want that. We want it to be done. This is something I'm preaching to the choir here. We want it to be done. We want the book in our hands today or yesterday, but the journey is so much fun. If we really will just stop and go, okay, Lord, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? So simple next basic step would be, Hey, 
keep listening to this podcast. If you're not already part of uh, Nika's, uh, all the services that she has to offer with her course and coaching and things, that might be a great, uh, another next step as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God always rewards obedience. I'm so thankful for that idea. Success is obedience. It absolutely is. And even um, unsure obedience, which really almost all obedience is unsure. <laughs> um, God just sees it as worship. He just sees it as an act of worship. He's so honored when we take a step of obedience, even if we're not sure, is this the right thing? You know, you don't have to have that clear direction. Just move in that direction, (laughs) you know? Um, So I appreciate that so much. I, I know that you're a woman who obeys and who just listens for him. So I knew that would be the way you guided the listeners today. I often tell the story about how in 2014, um, I heard the Lord say, you're going to be a writer and you're going to call out writers. And it was that call out writers part that I was like, how in the world do you do that? So I just thought, well, the only, I didn't, he didn't tell me how to do it. And so I just thought the only thing I can think of is whenever he highlights a person to me, I'm just going to go tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey, have you ever thought about being a writer? Can I pray for you? So I use it as it it was many years before he developed in me. Well, you can make this course to call out writers. You can coach to call out writers. So for that new uh, writer out there, Rachel and I are talking about not this big complex uh, act of obedience. We're just talking about like move in the direction you think that he might be leading you and he will show you the next step. Absolutely. And I have to bring attention back to, if we remember my official writing journey got started on a little blog called life outside the shell that I thought only my mom and sister might read. And I don't even know if they read it, but, uh, no, <laughs> but seriously, yeah. like that was my simple step of, okay. It wasn't a big, huge thing. It wasn't signing up for some big thing. It was just getting started. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. And being faithful through your podcast, which I don't think you could have realized how many people would be listening to that yeah, or the type of speakers. I mean, the type of interviews you'd be able to do. I mean, what was your first idea when you started your podcast of what that would look like? I didn't know. See, that was another, everything I've done has been just obedience without even knowing the end thing. Um, Cause I, started with what I could. I did things backwards. I only released one episode a month because I was like, that's all I have time for. And it grew from there. And thankfully I was able to hire somebody to help me to put more episodes out. Um, but I just knew I wanted a place to bring on other people to just talk about, well, the, the podcast is called Real Talk with Rachel and talk about topics that I think need to be discussed more and hopefully encourage and equip the listeners. So Yeah. So I didn't have a huge grand vision for the podcast. If I'm going to be honest, I just knew I was supposed to do it. So I stepped Mm -hmm. out and did it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then the Lord got every, the the Lord, you know, got more into place as I went. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sure there were failures along the way too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We we see people, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. You interviewed Francine Rivers on your podcast and we see things like that. It's like Francine Rivers. How in the world can anyone start a podcast and have an amazing interview like that? But the thing is you weren't thinking of that Mm -hmm. when you started. Yeah. 
And, and I've been turned down by, uh, here's the funny part. I've actually been turned down by some um, people before, you know, especially when I first got started. And then it's funny, you know, a couple years into podcasting now I get pitched by their people to be on my podcast. And I'm like, oh, this is funny. You guys turned me what? down a couple years ago. <laughs> and now, and now, you, now I'm getting pitched, but you know, it's just, it's funny to me, but <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's so encouraging to me too. Um, because yeah, I have a, I have a journal right here where I write down my pitches and I write down the date and who I sent an inquiry to, to have them come on my podcast. And I I don't think people realize that for every great interview you have, you have two or three others who said, no, thanks. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So so to turn around years later and be pitched by those people to want to be a guest, that's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Okay. Well, um, how can my, my listeners connect with you? I want them to be able to glean from your wisdom and hear more encouragement. Uh, my website's a good landing place. It's just my name, rachelgilbert.com. Rachel is spelled funny, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> and then I hang out, you know, for fun on Instagram. And my handle there is Rachel J. Gilbert. And then, yeah, the podcast is a great, that's, my podcast is definitely where I put out the most content each week. We do um, a Monday morning episode and then a Wednesday episode as well. So oh, you do it twice a week. Wow. Yes. Yeah. But the Mondays are short. They're like 10 minutes or so. And then the Wednesdays are the guest interviews. And I just have so much fun with it. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I love podcasting. So that's just called Real Talk with Rachel. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Rachel, I am, like I said, before we started this interview, I'm so proud of you. I am proud of what the Lord's doing through your life. I'm praying that he uh, continues to bring blooms. You have planted a lot of seeds. You planted a lot of seeds of faith. And I'm asking him to bring an increase that he would bring a garden. Thank you. I received that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, so um, will you just say a quick prayer over our listeners today? Absolutely. Oh, Jesus, we just thank you so much for this time today. I thank you for every single person who is sitting under the sound of my voice right now, because it means you drew them in to this conversation. You knew we would talk about something that they needed to hear today. And so, Lord, I speak to these callings that you have planted in their hearts to write whatever it is, wherever, in whatever vehicle, whether it's to start a blog, to start sharing on social media to write a book, Lord. I believe there's lots of people listening who are supposed to write a book. And this podcast just confirmed that in them. And so I just speak courage over them. And where there is fear, we replace that with courage. I pray for you to send them a team that can get this dream up off the ground and just bless everything that they put their their hand to establish the work of their hands, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Attention, the price of the Keep Writing course is going up on May 1st. Listen, God is using Christian books to advance the kingdom and transform people in Jesus' name. If you don't know how to write a book, it's time to put yourself under the mentoring of an experienced Christian author who will pray for you and guide you with spirit-led wisdom. Guess who? That's me. Join the Keep Writing course. It's my all-in-one online experience created to take you from page one 
to Page Done. Inside, I walk you through the five clear stages of a Christian author's career. That's pre-writing, writing, revising, publishing, and earning. You're going to have everything you need to become a published Christian author who is making income for your family. Again, the price is going up on May 1st, so take this opportunity to get inside right now. Go to nikamaples.com forward slash courses to get started today.